And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Wonderlings, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. So how's everyone's December been so far? I hope it's been good. We are down to the count. A week from today is Christmas Day, so this is officially the last week before Christmas. So a little update on me. I'm sure I probably told you guys all about how Jeremy and I got our leaves all raked up, so that is done for the year and also my dad was nice enough to come out and fix our toilet so it doesn't leak anymore and also Jeremy and I in honor of and celebration of getting all those leaves 54 bags of leaves raked we decided to go treat ourselves to IHOP for dinner a couple weeks ago and I got the Oreo cookies and cream French toast and let me tell you it was so good if they still have it go to a IHOP and have it because it is yummy so I've been gearing up uh, made my Chex Mix I think I oh I'm pretty much finished that I'm just I think I was just gonna make the one like yeah okay I'm done with it now Got my Christmas cards all sent out. I did put one up on the Instagram page if you guys want to see it. And before I get into this episode, the Arnold family, or the stars of the Wonder Years, have a special a special Christmas message for you. And here it is. From 1969 to 1989, from generation to generation, from one friend to another, and from all of us on the Wonder Years, Happy Happy Holidays! Holidays. Okay, I am, whoopsie, a piece of wrapping paper fell off the table. Anyway, I am so happy for this episode. I watch it every December to get into the Christmas spirit. So let's jump right into this fun-filled holiday fun time with the Arnolds. In Season 2, Episode 3, Christmas, which aired on December 14, 1988. I would have been six at this time. In this episode, Kevin and Wayne try to convince Jack, their father, to buy a color television for Christmas. Meanwhile, Kevin tries to find the perfect present for Winnie, after she unexpectedly gives him a gift. The episode opens in a department store as we center on a color TV playing a Christmas special with Glenn Campbell and Cher as they sing Silent Night. Adult Kevin comes on and tells us how that Christmas in 1968, he and his older brother Wayne fell in love with color TV. Now, I was born in the early 80s, so I always had a color TV, but my grandparents had a little black and white TV in the kitchen that I would occasionally watch instead of walking all the way into the living room. That little TV, of course, didn't have a remote, just a dial that you had to turn, and it only got a few channels, like CBS, NBC, maybe PBS and Fox, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Kevin and Wayne are so in awe of this. Kevin goes on about how it was more than love. It was lust, and they were witnessing a modern miracle. (laughs) Yeah, fuck black and white TV. Color is where it's at. I'm sure the same can be said whenever one got their new DVD players and got rid of their VCRs, or even when Blu-ray came out to replace the DVD. Hey, what about when the microwave came out? Did people immediately switch over to that for a quick meal versus the oven? Kevin utters the word cool, and Wayne responds in agreement with, 
boss. I remember Jerry O'Connell in Stand By Me saying boss, kind of like far out or radical, and that movie was set in 1956. Was the term cool popular a popular saying in 1968? I mean, I always thought it was more of a term from the 90s and used more heavily in the or a term from the 80s and then kind of used more heavily in the 90s. I mean, I still say cool all the time. Norma and Karen walk over to the checkout. Oh, they walk over to check it out, and they are just as enamored as the boys. Why is Karen wearing glasses in this scene? I've seen her wear them before, but the question is why? Does the actress need them from time to time? As soon as they walk over, that's when a salesman pops up out of nowhere asking if he can help them. Isn't that always the case? Whenever I go to Best Buy, it's like they swarm you when you're just looking. Gotta get that commission, I guess. But then they vanish like the wind when you have a question and you have to hunt them down. Norma nervously stumbles over her words like, You know, see... What, hold on, I gotta see what the fuck I wrote here. Okay, now I know what I wrote. <laughs> like, see, she would say yes to the kids in a heartbeat, but she just tells the man, well, you, you really would have to talk to my husband. I mean, yeah, a, a purchase like that, yes, you would be talking to your spouse about it, because he pretty much controls the pocketbook, since he makes all the money. Outside, we see Jack haggling with a Christmas tree salesman over the price of a Christmas tree. He's like, eight bucks for a tree or a crummy little stick like this, as he refers to it. And the guy explains, buck a foot. Jack again bitches about it being highway robbery and then just pays the dang man and tells the kids, you know, next year we're just going to skip the damn tree. Just like every father that has come before and will likely come after him, always complains about money this time of year. My dad was always like this. We usually um, cut down our tree in the woods nearby when I was younger, but I noticed as I got older, to about maybe preteen or teenager age, our tree would become shabbier as the years went on, as my dad opted out of cutting down his own tree and just resorted to buying a fake tree. One year when I was a teenager, uh, one tree we had was so crappy and fake that it leaned to one side and had to be propped up on a cardboard box to keep it from falling over. My sister and I as adults would always laugh like our dad would always get the most pitiful Charlie Brown looking tree there ever was. So I want to play this scene as we hear Jack complain to the tree salesman and then Kevin tries to Jedi mind trick Jack into getting them the color TV. But Wayne has to ruin it by, as usual, running off his mouth demanding, Dad, are you going to get us that color TV or not? Boy, does Wayne love to ambush people with his demands. All right, here's the clip. You gotta be joking. Eight bucks for a crummy little stick like this? Buck a foot? It's highway robbery. Not that my father was Scrooge. It's just that every year around this time, he'd, he'd go into kind of a, a slump. Next year, we're gonna skip the damn tree. It was a bad time to be hitting him up for a major appliance. Still, in an emergency, there were ways to the big guy's heart. Yeah, let me help you with that, Dad. You had to kill him with kindness, drown him in goodwill. I got it. All the while, sending him very specific psychic messages. TV, 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 TV. You okay? Sure, why? Looks like you got a headache. Of course. You didn't want to tip your hand. This was a delicate procedure that required the touch. So, Dad, you gonna buy us that color TV or not? Of a sledgehammer. 
What TV? He didn't tell you? Uh... What do we need a color TV for? So you can watch things. In color. Watch what? Bonanza. Baseball. Football. Baseball. TVs cost money, kids. Uh-oh. And money doesn't grow on trees, you know that. Yeah, we did know that. If there was one thing we knew, it was that money doesn't grow on trees. Come on, get in. Still, he hadn't specifically said no. So there was still hope. After all, Christmas was a time when impossible dreams came true. When the Grinch turned good. So just maybe... Buck a foot. Believe that? Highway robbery. Or maybe not. Jack just looks at them like, where do you boys come up with this stuff? As he asks, what do we want a color TV for? Or what do we need a color TV for? And Kevin explains, it's okay, we can watch things. Then he adds, in color. Jack just looks at them like, uh, you're still not selling me on this, guys. Like a kid telling his parents they need to go out and buy a 4K television when they just invested in the latest, greatest television. Or the jump from standard definition television to a flat screen. Watch what, he asks, and Wayne brings up Bonanza. And Kevin throws out baseball, football, and then goes back to baseball. They are really grasping at straws here. That's it? Oh, right. They didn't have nearly as many things to watch as they do now on TV. If their dad was Todd Chrisley, they'd have to, from Chrisley, Chrisley Knows Best, which um, Jeremy and I have been watching for uh, a few months now. He got into it well before I did. But anyway, if their dad was Todd Chrisley, they'd have to come up with a presentation for why Jack would should spend his money on a new color TV. Now, that I'd love to see. Kevin and Wayne dressed in business suits with poster board charts of the reasons and advantages of upgrading to the next big thing. Why Jack should invest his money into a color TV when they already have a working television. But Jack just shuts them down with a money doesn't grow on trees, kids speech, and he walks away, gets in the car. Kevin thinks to himself that Jack hadn't flat out told them no, so maybe there is still a chance as they pile into the car and head home as Jack continues to grumble about the price of the tree. Yeah, Jack, those kids don't care. I mean, may as well save your breath since them feigning interest into in, isn't going to guarantee them a color TV under their Christmas tree. So we see Kevin in French class, or Spanish class, waiting for, I think it's French class, waiting for Christmas vacay to start. As he tells us, those less agonizing ten minutes of the day cannot come soon enough. I want to play that clip, because I really liked it, because every kid can associate that in their life, that last day before of school before Christmas vacation. Few things in life are less productive than the last 10 minutes of school before a major vacation. Joyeux Noel, everyone. I remember being in 
class on the last day before Christmas vacation, or heck, even the last day of school before summer break. And I'm telling you right now, that last day feels like it goes on. It lasts for ten fucking years before that bell rings. The teacher calls on Kevin, and Kevin starts to speak in French as he glances at the clock that somehow the hand flicks backwards. Teacher just figures, ah, the hell with it, and bids the class a joyous Noel, as we are met with kids running to and fro, crowding the hallways, so many children. Here's the clip of Paul and Kevin debating how, who gets better gifts during the holiday season. Kevin and Paul debate who makes out better with presents on Christmas. Paul asks Kevin asks if Kevin's including gifts like, you know, socks and underwear. And Kevin tells him, yes, any type of gift counts. So, I will do it right back. I mean, on average, counting socks and underwear, total annual tonnage. See, well, I thought we were talking quality, not quantity. Oh, come on, Paul. I mean, you get Hanukkah presents every day for a week. Paul and I had a standing argument over who made out better on the holidays. Paul's lasted eight days, which I thought gave him the edge. Let's see, I'll give you an example. What's the one thing you really want for Christmas? What's that got to do with it? Just answer the question. What did I want? What would make things absolutely perfect? talking quality not quantity kevin tells paul that makes that uh he makes out like a bandit because for hanukkah he gets presents every day for eight days straight yeah but as paul was saying that's more quantity and not quality like what if he gets a pair of socks one day then the next day is underwear a pants a shirt a tie shoes a blazer etc until he gets an entire outfit over the course of eight days along with other cool stuff too of course Paul tells Kevin, he'll give him an example, and he asks Kevin what he really wants for Christmas. And Kevin fires back, well, what's that got to do with it? Or do with anything? And Paul tells him to just, you know, answer the question. As we hear Winnie's theme play as she comes on screen walking down the hall, Kevin gazes at her with hope in his eyes like maybe, just maybe, this Christmas, she might look his way and see him for the sweet guy he wants her to see. Yeah, but we know what Kevin wants, but unfortunately she's already spoken for by one Kirk McRae, who we see walk alongside Winnie down the hall as they gaze at each other with such love and admiration that uh, teenagers hold for their first junior high love. Winnie comes up to Kevin and he soaks up the scent of her perfume. And the fact that she's San's boyfriend at the moment, she holds up Okay, she holds out a present for him, but she tells him not to open it till Christmas. She turns to go, but determined to keep her there, Kevin tells her, Oh, I got you a gift. He hadn't yet, but I don't have it with me, but I can drop it off. And she tells him, Yeah, that's fine, and walks over to her friends. I want to play this clip of their interaction. It's so cute how they are with each other as Kevin is a lovesick puppy and melts into a puddle whenever she comes around. So I'll be right back. Kevin? She was alone. She was wearing perfume. 
to give you this. What is it? It's a present. Sure. I knew that. I wanted to tear it open with my teeth. But don't open it till Christmas. Okay? Of course not. A thousand thoughts were barreling through my head. A million questions. A billion... Well, see ya. Wait. Stop her. Stop her. Uh, I, I got something for you, too. Good. A lie, but a, a good lie. I just don't have it with me. Oh, that's okay. You don't have to. Maybe I can bring it to your house. I guess so. And I'll see ya. In a matter of seconds, my whole life had been bent into a question mark. What did this mean? Was it a message? One thing I was sure of, Winnie Cooper had never smelled better. You're dreaming. Huh? You're never going to get a color TV. It's amazing how far they've come in season three and still have so far to go as the show goes on and they get older. Paul brings Kevin back down from Winnie land as he tells Kevin, you're dreaming. And Kevin turns back to face Paul confused. And Paul's like, you're never going to get a color TV. Down in the next scene, we see Jack underneath the tree in the living room making necessary adjustments to the tree stand. Norma and Karen are sorting through Christmas ornaments as Kevin watches his dad work on the tree. He thinks to himself, Kevin thinks to himself, how his dad was basically a rock against them getting a color TV. Wayne comes into the living room and just shakes his head in disgust as he looks at his dad like... Why can't you just get us a damn color TV? Norma asks Wayne if he's been peeking in the closets, and Wayne just shakes his head at her like, of course I haven't. He's got this expression on his face like, why bother? I'm not going to find a color TV in there. Or did he find the presents and just wasn't impressed with what he saw? Karen exclaims in surprise when she finds the bird in a cage that has sentimental value because it's from Uncle Mike. Um... Who's Uncle Mike? I thought Jack and Norma didn't have any siblings that we know of anyway, unless this is Norma or Jack's Uncle Mike. Who knows? Norma tells the story that goes along with it as Kevin mouths the words that the ornament reminded Uncle Mike of the only girl he ever loved. Norma looks at Kevin like, Son, what's your problem? Yes, I'm sure you've heard this story as we all have before, but just... Stop being a butt just because you're not getting a TV, a color TV. Kevin plays handyman junior to his dad, handing him the occasional tool as Norma recalls Kevin playing Santa in the school pageant as Kevin tries to stop her. It's Christmas time. I mean, what other time of year would she tell this story? Fourth of July? Karen and Norma have a good laugh at this as Karen adds how Kevin's pants were practically falling down on stage. And to Kevin's surprise, old dad joins in saying how, well, Kevin, he was kind of cute. I want to play this clip as the family reminisces of Kevin's hilarious attempt at playing Santa in a school play. And then Wayne hits his unsuspecting dad with a one-two punch of, Dad, are you going to buy us that color TV or not? So I will play that clip and I'll be right back. Hammer. Maybe Paul was right. The great color TV campaign was sputtering. Dad was a rock. The situation was getting desperate. So was Wayne. Honey, you haven't been peeking in the closets, have you? Screwdriver. <gasps> oh, look, everybody. It's the little bird in the cage. Oh, Remember, Daddy? Uh-oh. Holiday traditions. My family oh. was honeycombed with them. You know who gave this to us? Uncle Mike. Your Uncle Mike. 
He used to say that it reminded him of the only girl he ever loved. Pliers. I hated those old stories. There was a reason. You know what I'm remembering? And here it came. The year that Kevin played Santa in the school pageant. Uh. Mom, look, you don't have to right now. It's I know, but you were so cute. The way you came waddling in just like a bowl full of jelly. Yeah, with his pants almost falling off. Had these people no mercy? He was pretty cute. Wait a minute. Was that a smile on the old man's face? An actual smile? We'd caught him off guard. Now was our chance. With the right combination of tact and finesse, we might just... Dad, are you going to get us a new color TV set or not? Unbelievable. What TV? Nothing, honey. What TV? Really? Nothing. Mom said that we are going to get one. Didn't you, Mom? Obviously, something critical had malfunctioned in Wayne's brain. I didn't say definitely. I did say that your father and I might... Everybody else has one. Fact is, I like color TV. Fact is, I bet I like color TV as much as the next guy. But let me ask you this. Does anyone here have any idea how much one of those sets costs? $469.95. Plus tax. Minus the discount. $434.40 total. Looking back, he probably meant that question to be rhetorical. This here gets his attention, like it's the first time he's hearing it, or this is the first time he's actually listening. Norma tries to divert Jack's attention from asking about this TV as she repeatedly tells him, It's nothing, dear. He's like, What TV? Nothing. It's nothing, dear. Wayne continues to badger his dad and then throws Norma under the bus as he says, Well, Mom said we're going to get one. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks a lot. She corrects him, saying, not definitely, as she tells him, I said we might. But then Wayne complains, how, well, everyone else has one. Everyone, Wayne? Everyone who? You only know kids at school. You're telling me they all have color TVs. I'm calling bullshit on this. Jack climbs out from underneath the tree and stands to face this onslaught from his family, or mostly from Wayne. He starts out by admitting, I like color TV, probably even as much as the next guy. Then he hits them with a dose of realism, asking if they know how much one of those sets costs. The family shuts right up at this, but Kevin trudges forward as he states boldly, $469.95. Then he quietly mumbles, plus tax, minus the discount, $434.40 total. Jack just looks at him like, are you for real right now? So the kids are in the boys' room, all of them, including Karen, as Wayne tells Kevin, nice going, butthead. As Kevin fires that, what did I do? But Wayne just repeats, nice going, butthead. Seriously, Wayne, you should be calling yourself that. You're the one who's all like, Dad, you gonna get us a color TV or not on repeat ad nauseum. Karen explains to her brothers how it's all boi this all boils down to psychology, as she tells them they're backing Dad into a corner, and further explains how Dad wants to buy us a color TV, but he wants to surprise them. Um, 
Sure, Karen, sure. You you go right on thinking that, sweetie. And you're going to be one disappointed kid on Christmas morning. So I figured the amount when I was taking the notes on the inflation calendar, 470 in 1968 by today's standards, that would equal to 3,331. Holy shit. You know, I was telling Jeremy this, to afford a, for the, a 470 color TV back then, you'd have to be like Pfeiffer rich, since he's an eye doctor. I'm pretty sure they have a color TV. Little do the kids know that their parents are wrapping gifts in the kitchen as Norma tries the soft touch approach on Jack and about getting the family the TV, but it's a no-go. He adds that he works hard, but she mentions, honey, let's just do it. You don't have to give me anything this year. She even mentions how they'll eat hot dogs for a week. Well, yeah, we'll put our health at risk with nitrate poisoning, but we'll have that color TV to watch while we all puke our guts out on the couch. I want to play this sweet scene of them together. This here gets his attention, like it's the first time he's hearing it, or this is the first time he's actually listening. Norma tries to divert Jack's attention from asking about this TV as she repeatedly tells him, It's nothing, dear. He's like, What TV? Nothing. It's nothing, dear. Wayne continues to badger his dad and then throws Norma under the bus as he says, Well, Mom said we're going to get one. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks a lot. She corrects him, saying, not definitely, as she tells him, I said we might. But then Wayne complains, how, well, everyone else has one. Everyone, Wayne? Everyone who? You only know kids at school. You're telling me they all have color TVs. I'm calling bullshit on this. Jack climbs out from underneath the tree and stands to face this onslaught from his family, or mostly from Wayne. He starts out by admitting, I like color TV, probably even as much as the next guy. Then he hits them with a dose of realism, asking if they know how much one of those sets costs. The family shuts right up at this, but Kevin trudges forward as he states boldly, four sixty nine ninety five. Then he quietly mumbles, plus tax, minus the discount, four thirty four forty total. Jack just looks at him like, are you for real right now? So the kids are in the boys' room, all of them, including Karen, as Wayne tells Kevin, nice going, butthead. As Kevin fires that, what did I do? But Wayne just repeats, nice going, butthead. Seriously, Wayne, you should be calling yourself that. You're the one who's all like, Dad, you gonna get us a color TV or not on repeat ad nauseum. Karen explains to her brothers how it's all boi this all boils down to psychology, as she tells them they're backing Dad into a corner, and further explains how Dad wants to buy us a color TV, but he wants to surprise them. Um, sure, Karen, sure. You, you go right on thinking that, sweetie, and you're going to be one disappointed kid on Christmas morning. So I figured the amount when I was taking the notes... On the inflation calendar, 470 in 1968 by today's standards, that would equal to 3,331. Holy shit. You know, I was telling Jeremy this, to afford a, for the, a 470 color TV back then, you'd have to be like Pfeiffer rich, since he's an eye doctor. I'm pretty sure they have a color TV. 
Little do the kids know that their parents are wrapping gifts in the kitchen as Norma tries the soft-touch approach on Jack and about getting the family the TV, but it's a no-go. He adds that he works hard, but she mentions, Honey, let's just do it. You don't have to give me anything this year. She even mentions how they'll eat hot dogs for a week. Well, yeah, we'll put our health at risk with nitrate poisoning, but we'll have that color TV to watch while we all puke our guts out on the couch. I want to play this sweet scene of them together. Down that hallway. I'm not buying a TV, Norma. You can't afford it despite what you... What they think. Well, I think we it's all... It's not like I don't work hard for a living, you know. I do what I can. Hey, I know. It's just that when I saw it there in the store, the TV, I saw the kids looking at it. I saw us here watching it together. You're growing up so fast, Jack. Karen's almost leaving us. What the heck? Why don't we just go for it? You don't have to get me anything this year. We'll eat hot dogs for a month. You know it would make you feel good. Norma adds how when she was looking at the TV in the store with the kids, she was envision envisioning all of them at home watching it. Now, I love color TV as much as the next person, too, but other than the added appeal of color versus black and white, what else are you really getting? Not theater quality surround sound, not crystal clear high definition picture, just color TV. Just chill and wait for the price to go down, it will. The Arnold family, along with Paul, are back at the store as Kevin tells us 120 shot. there's 120 shopping minutes till Christmas, meaning that's when... Serious last-minute shopping happens. In other words, things are gonna get crazy. Or is that just now times in stores right before Christmas? Wayne, of course, has to make an asshat comment as the family passes the, t the display of color TVs. Like, oh, I wonder what these are. Why they look like color TVs. If I were Jack, I'd be like, well, uh, Wayne, you can go sit in the car and wait for us until we're done shopping. Jack instead just passes by the TVs with a real glum look on his face. Like, I wish these kids would lay off about the TV, but I really wish I could afford to get one for the family. I notice the TVs are playing Mr. Magoo's Christmas. We see Kevin and Paul wandering the aisles of the store as Kevin tells us he was kind of in a bind. As he tells us he had to come up with a great gift for Winnie for just under six bucks. Paul suggests a book or a paperweight with an ice skater inside with a swirling snow. I think he's referring to what we all know as a snow globe. Kevin turns to him annoyed at the suggestion and tells him, Are you kidding? I hate those things, he exclaims. Jeez, Kevin, chill yourself. Besides, it wouldn't be for you, it'd be for Winnie. Poor Paul, as he mumbles, Well, my mom liked the one I got her. Kevin mutters an apology, and the boys make their way over to the perfume counter. I want to play this clip of the boys together, and then also at the perfume counter, as Kevin tries to describe what kind of perfume that Winnie wears. I'll be right back. But I had problems of my own. I had to find a present for Winnie. It had to be perfect. It had to say everything without saying anything. And it had to be under six bucks. How about a book? How about one of those paperweights with the ice skater inside and the swirly snow? Are you kidding? I hate those. Well, my mother liked the one I got her. Sorry. Okay. Compromise was out of the question. I had to find the right gift or die trying. 
I can't tell. I think I'm dying. Why get her more? Okay, so it wasn't what James Bond would give pussy galore. 007 wasn't getting by on 50 cents a week in allowance. Besides... That's the counts. I had to believe that. I had no choice. The woman running the perfume counter holds out one for Kevin to smell, but he tells her... I can't tell. Then he tries to describe it to her, while poor Paul is standing there dying next to him as the sinuses are taking one hit after another being assaulted by different perf perfume scents. He even says, I think I'm dying, with a stuffed up voice and Kleenex to his nose. Paul, just step away from the perf perfume counter. I know you want to be there to help and support Kevin, but your health is at risk. Not to mention, Kevin is going to reek of a thousand different perfume scents all over his clothes, skin, and hair as she sprays that shit all in his face. Then we get a montage of Kevin smelling different perfumes as the lady brings out tray after tray of them and getting more and more frustrated until Kevin finally finds the one as we hear Winnie's theme as Kevin envisions her walking down the hallway. Paul brings up a good point, however, when he says, well, if she already has some, why get her more? Yeah, plus, would that seemed kind of odd or slightly stalkerish. Like, oh, thank you, Kevin, but how did you know what kind of perfume I wore? So Kevin decides to play it safe and get her the snow globe. Kevin tells us he gets a 50 cents a week allowance and had a $6 gift limit, basically. Did he already get gifts for his family? What about him and Paul? Do they get gifts for each other? I remember in fourth grade, I got my friend Allison a tailspin... Well, uh, Molly figurine to exchange at school? Well, the point is, I bought it for her, only to find out when I got to school, the teacher had us draw names to exchange our gift with someone, and it turned out I drew the name of a girl that wasn't very nice to me. That really pissed me off. It's like, I bought this for my damn friend, and now I gotta give it to some stupid bitch who is a piece of shit to me. I remember when I was 15 in 1997, I was a freshman in high school that year, and my grandma took m my friend Becky and I to see the movie Titanic. Believe me, I was so stoked to see this movie, even more so when my friend gave me my Christmas gift, the soundtrack to Titanic. I listened to it as soon as I got home. All I could afford to give her, unfortunately at the time, was a teen magazine. Yeah, I know. So, Christmas Eve at the Arnold home, and everyone's gathered in the living room watching some uh, some movie on TV. Can't really tell. It's an old movie. It's probably recent for them, or maybe it was something old from the 50s or 40s or 30s. Like, like it looked kind of like a Bond action flick. Wayne, of course, is really hammering at home with a, Oh, look, a car. I wonder what color it is. Everyone seems to be in a sour-ass mood this evening as Kevin tries to sit, excuse me, 
as Kevin tries to save face by bringing up the time he played Santa in the school play, and everyone just glances away like, yeah, heard it already. Still doesn't help. Yeah, plus Norma and Karen already told that story, and they all laughed except Kevin about it yesterday. Don't rehash old stories, Kev. They're, they're over it. I want to play this clip of the family all becoming unhinged, well, mainly just Karen, Wayne, and Jack. Karen screaming at Wayne about the TV, Kevin trying to save face rehashing old memories, and Wayne being a butt per usual. So I'll be right back. Christmas Eve. In homes all over the known universe, an age-old celebration was about to unfold. A time of joy and harmony and family. Gee, would you look at that car? I wonder what color it is. Oh, wait, there's the ocean. You think it's orange? Nah, it's probably blue. But how would I know? Wait, turn it down. That night, all the seams were showing. Only Mom was in there pitching, like a lone fireman at a five-alarm blaze. Eggnog, anyone? Lydia Hirschmuller just called to remind us about the caroling party tonight. I told her we'd be there with bells on. Wayne, turn it down! You had to wonder. Maybe every family was given just so much Christmas cheer to begin with. Maybe this year my family had run out. Whoops! That guy's eating a gray banana. We have to sing Little Drummer Boy tonight. This was pathetic. Someone had to do something. Hey, remember the year I played Santa in the school play? Well, I'd given it my best shot. Nothing. If we put on sunglasses, you could watch this in black and green. Wayne had finally reached the limit. Hold on. I'm picking up some color here. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a Wayne! Will you just give it up? We're not getting a TV! Just forget it! Well, I gotta go. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where do you think you're going? I have a date. On Christmas Eve? Why not? What your father means... It's Christmas Eve. We spend Christmas Eve together. I can say what I mean. Jingle all the way. I'm going out, Dad. Nobody is going anywhere. We're all staying right here. into the living room offering up eggnog and reminding the family the neighbors called to let them know about the caroling. Wayne has a stocking on his head and he pulls it down over his eyes and exclaims how he can see color in the TV. And Jack slowly lowers his paper to look at Wayne like, son, okay son, I've had just about enough of you. And apparently so has Karen who screams at Wayne like, just forget it, dad is not getting us a TV. Then she gets ready to head off the door, and Jack asks, where are you going? She's like, well, I got a date. And he asks, on Christmas Eve? She's like, yeah, sure, why not? And he's like, we spend Christmas Eve together as a family. Yeah, Karen, Christmas Eve is a family time, not go get fucked by a stranger time. I just noticed also Karen's got a band-aid on her forehead. What happened there? Did the actress bonk her head or something? 
Jack tells everyone in the room, no one is going anywhere. We are staying right here. Karen huffs off to her room as Jack stands up, throws down the paper, and stalks out of the living room. Norma heads out of the room either to her and Jack's room or maybe to check on Karen. I'm not sure. So now it's just Kevin and Wayne left awkwardly in the living room. Well, that's a Merry Christmas for you. Kevin picks up Winnie's wrapped gift and decides to head over to her house. I love that scarf he's wearing. It complements the green in his Jets jacket. He walks up to the the walkway to her house and rings the bell. While he waits, he envisions possibilities of how she will open the door and accept his gift. So I want to play that clip right now, basically through the through the scene. So I will be right back. I wasn't sure exactly what to expect at Winnie Cooper's, but I had a pretty good idea. I'd never seen this person before in my life. Uh, is Winnie home? No, she's not. Can I help you? No, it's okay. You're the boy next door, aren't you? Gwendolyn said you might be stopping by. She did? The Coopers decided to spend the holidays with relatives. It was a last-minute decision. She seemed to think you'd understand. Understand what? That nothing made sense? That Christmas was a bust? That my whole family was coming apart at the... You... You do know about her brother, don't you? Brian? Oh. Brian was killed last fall in Vietnam. I know. I, I know that. I guess I just forgot. They need a time away. They'll be back in a few days. Good night. At that moment, I felt like the dumbest human being on earth. and a red leotard wearing a tiara as he hands over the gift he bought. Then she comes over, wraps her arms around his neck, and tells him, So you got my message, as she tells him, Merry Christmas, sweetheart. While Bing Crosby sings, I'm dreaming, dreaming of a white Christmas. Okay, I hope this is Bing Crosby. If not, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. While snow continues to fall on them. As she moves in to kiss him, his fantasy is broken as the door actually opens and it's an old lady. Ah! It's her grandma or someone, maybe? Why is she there? To watch the house? Do they have a cat somewhere we haven't met yet? 
Kevin tells us he never has laid eyes on this woman in his life. He asks if Winnie's home and she tells him, no, she's not. I'd be like, well, why are you here then? Does the house need a babysitter? Kevin turns to go, but she stops him calling him the boy next door. Well, actually across the street, but yeah, I am. <laughs> she tells him Gwendolyn told her he would be stopping by. Really? That's funny because uh, she never mentioned you. She conveniently left out the part where she would be gone and I'd be left to awkwardly explain myself to a stranger. Thanks, Gwen. Or should I say Gwendolyn? <laughs> so I played that clip um, because then things get awkward as she brings up Brian's death. Like Kevin's a stranger and wasn't there for the funeral and the wake and bake. Like he hasn't lived across the street from her for the last 12 years. So the lady tells him the Coopers decided to spend the holidays with relatives. It was a last-minute decision. Oh! Oh, so that's why she never said anything to him. Okay. I can see why they take off, uh, want to take off this, given the opportunity, being, you know, this is the first Christmas without well, their son and her, you know, Winnie's older brother. Okay, the lady, okay, is she her grandma or not? Who is she? Is this just a neighbor they found with no family to spend the holidays who wanted to house sit? She tells Kevin that Winnie thought he'd understand, and then she asks him, Do you, kn do you know about her brother? You know about her brother Brian, don't you? Then, without waiting for an answer, she continues, He was killed last fall in Vietnam. Kevin cuts her off like, Yeah, I know. I know that. I was, like, <laughs> I was there. I was at the funeral, at the wake. You didn't see me. He looks down and admits, I just forgot. Then she tells him the Coopers will be back after the holidays, and then she shuts the door. Crap, he didn't give her the gift. Luckily, he quickly realizes this as he turns around and rings the doorbell again. The lady opens the door, and he hands her the package, and he says, It was supposed to be perfume. Why does she give a shit what it is? She isn't owed an explanation. Better yet, she'll be back in a few days, Kevin. Why not wait so you can give it to her in person? I mean, it's just going to sit there in the house for three days. Just hold on to it. Kevin gives her the package, then shrugs his shoulders, turns and leaves down the sidewalk, down the walkway as the song River by Joni Mitchell plays overhead. I love this song so much. One of my favorite songs of Christmas. Kevin continues to walk down the sidewalk as he finally catches up with his family singing Christmas carols. They all seem to be in a little better spirits. The family, along with the other carolers, are singing Silent Night, and when Kevin joins them, Jack looks at him and smiles for like half a second. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, it starts to rain. The rest of the carolers book it out of there like it was acid rain. The family just sticks close to Jack's side, waiting for him for him to do something for him to yell to retreat do something no he just stands there silent and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he just starts to laugh and the family just looks at him at first like where is this coming from but shortly they all join in and then they head home in the kitchen the family is drying off at the kitchen table enjoying hot chocolate and chucking marshmallows at each other having a great time as kevin as adult Kevin narrates overhead how he didn't remember what he got that Christmas, but mentions how Jack got Norma a bracelet that quote-unquote knocked her socks off. Kevin assures us that Jack did buy them a color TV just two years later. Then we see Kevin at the Christmas tree at night, opening Winnie's gift, and it turns out to be a four-leaf clover. 
Aw, how sweet. See, it's a sentiment that counts. Kevin tells us that the Christmas that Christmas wasn't about presents and tinsel. It was about holding on to the memories. This was such a sweet episode. I want to play that uh, clip, too, real quick, of them at the kitchen table and everything. It's, it's really a sweet moment. I don't even remember what I got for Christmas that year. But Dad gave Mom a bracelet that knocked her socks off. Oh, yeah, and he did get us that color TV two years later. Oh, we can eat them off the floor. For me, that year Christmas stopped being about tinsel and wrapping paper and started being about memory. At first that was disappointing, until I learned that memory is a way of holding on to the things you love, the things you are, the things you wish to never lose. And I learned from Winnie that in a world that changes too fast, the best we can do is wish each other Merry Christmas. And good luck. Time for my Flower Power episode rating. I'm giving this episode 5 out of 5 Flower Power petals. One for the allure of color TV. Two, for Kevin getting Winnie this snow globe instead of perfume. Three, for Paul being a good friend while he was dying of sinus issues at the perfume or allergy issues at the perfume counter while Kevin figured out which perfume, excuse me, perfume when he wore. Four, for Jack finally coming out of his sour mood when the family gets rained on during the Christmas caroling and Jack bursts out laughing and the family dries off in the kitchen drinking hot cocoa, finally coming together as a family. And five, Kevin opening Winnie's gift, finding a four-leaf clover. Time for my wonderling words of wisdom. It's Christmas time. It's not the amount of, it's not the amount you spend on a person. It's the love and thought you put behind the gift you give. We don't always have to have the latest and greatest piece of technology as soon as it comes off the assembly line or the day it's released. Jack waited two years to get the family a color TV, and I'm sure the price came down at least a few hundred dollars by then. Here's my quote, <clears throat> which you heard in the clip. Narrator, I don't even remember what I got for Christmas that year, but Dad gave Mom a bracelet that knocked her socks off. Oh yeah, and he did get us that color TV. Two years later. For me that year, Christmas stopped being about tinsel and wrapping paper, and started being about memory. At first, I was disappointed until I learned that memory is a way of holding on to the things you love, the things you are, the things you wish to never lose. And I learned from Winnie that in a world that changes too fast, the best we can do is wish, wish each other a Merry Christmas. In parentheses, Kevin opens Winnie's present, which is a four-leaf clover. And good luck. All right, I want to give out some happy holiday wishes to some new and regular listeners. So we have Muskegon, Michigan, Westlake Village, California, Harrington, Australia, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Redlands, California, Melbourne, Australia, St. Petersburg, Florida, Panama City, Florida, Doylestown, Pennsylvania, Baldwin's 
Park, California, Bakersfield, California, Huntington, West Virginia, Belgium, London, Panama, uh, Pomona, I'm sorry, California, Ashburn, Virginia, United Kingdom, Atlanta, Georgia, Germany, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Lawrence, Kansas, South Africa, India, Zurich, Switzerland, Mountain View, California, St. Peter's, Missouri, Gadsden, Alabama, the, uh, let's see, Russia, San Antonio, Texas, the Philippines, Santa Rosa, Philippines, Jacksonville, North Carolina, Ukraine, Peru, Forest, Mississippi, Greensboro, North Carolina, New Philadelphia, Ohio, DeWitt, Michigan, Reading, Pennsylvania, Russia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Charleston, West Virginia, New York, Mexico, Van Nuys, California, Montebello, California, Australia, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you continue to turn in, tune into the podcast, as tomorrow I delve into another Wonder Years Christmas episode with Season 4, Episode 9, A Very cut Lip Christmas, which aired on December 12th, 1990. And this Christmas episode, while at the mall, Kevin is surprised to find Jim Coach Cutlip playing the seasonal job of Santa Claus. When Cutlip realizes that Kevin knows, he gives him preferential treatment in gym class in hopes that Kevin won't tell his secret. So everyone have a wonderful last week until Christmas. And I hope you guys got all your Christmas shopping done, you know, your shopping done, that you got your, your tree up or however you celebrate the holidays. I hope that everything is set and everyone's going to have a great time. The weather is going to cooperate for everybody so they can visit their families. All right. I will see you guys tomorrow with Season four's A Very Cut Lip Christmas. Have a good day.